Thanks for listening to In The Race Podcast. We still have some audio issues. You hear that buzzing and popping? Yeah, we hear it too. If you know the solution, please reach out. Info at intheracepodcast.com. We could really use your help. Ask around. If you got the solution, hit us up. We've got our socials in the in the last one, so if you know how to get a hold of us otherwise, that's great too, or at that email. We'd really appreciate your help, but thanks for listening. Yeah, let's cool. do it. Cheers. Cheers. Ah, welcome back. Welcome back, everyone. I guess we should actually intro ourselves this time. Let's do that. <laughs> so, my name is Kevin Bandy. I love cars and trying to get into racing. And my name is Corey Funk. Ditto the experience. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, we, we've got the same kind of things in common, and that's what brings us here. Yeah. So... Yeah, what are we talking about today? So, you just went to Grid Life at oh. NCM, and yeah. I'm dying to hear about it. Oh, man, it is so <laughs> cool. I can I, already tell you're pretty hyped about, about it. Just so generally. hyped. Yeah. So hyped. So, if you follow Grid Life or you know about it or whatever, like, you've formed your opinion about it. I formed my opinion about it. I showed up, and it just blew away all my expectations. <laughs> I, I'm serious. I... So when I go to a track day, I go to Jayzilla. Like I'm like, these are my people. This is my place. I love it. I feel that way about Grid Life. I've n- I've never yeah. felt that way. No, no offense. I just like when I go to a NASA race or whatever. I'm like, okay, these are you know in the amateur world, these are the big leagues, you know, and it's cool. But I don't feel like ah, this is my place. Yeah, NASA and SCCA and some of the ones that have been around for longer, they're they're a little more like old school racers so even like the age of the people that that do it are, are diff- is different and uh grid life is kind of like all the tech nerds that are a little on the younger side and just breaking into racing you know recently <laughs> it's it's very cool yeah and and i think i think that's probably why i feel like i fit in yeah, so well i think so too but that being said there are there are pro drivers there too like it's yep. a good mix it seems very cool um man okay so I'm just like, I'm trying to get my ideas together because it was so fun and I had so much fun. We can start with the team. You followed a particular team around most of the weekend, right? That's right. So this time, um, in part of my pursuit of racing, something I really want to do is go help out other teams, learn about it, and especially doing that at Grid Life because that's where I want to race. So I want to get to know people there, organizers, other teams, go watch the race. Like, I didn't even know how I would value from this, but I knew just being there at the racetrack for the race that I want to be in would be valuable. Yeah. So that's what I set out to do. So um, I went with a, a good friend of mine, Andrew Rains. He is the brilliant mastermind behind Apex Pro, um, which they call a digital track coach. <laughs> it is a little machine learning box that you put in your car that just looks like a everybody thinks it's a a shift light because you get all these lights (laughs) in a row Um, but what it does is it's constantly trying to figure out um, how much grip is available in any given condition on anywhere on the track and then give you in real time how much of that grip you're using and how much opportunity there might be Uh, in addition to that you connect your phone to it and it's got it saves all your telemetry so it's just like using uh, one of those other data systems so really cool product. I've run it for a long time, and I've got to know Andrew through that. And I just asked him out of the blue. I was like, hey, you're racing good life. Can I come and just help out, volunteer, do something? And he's like, absolutely. It's <laughs> <laughs> it, cool. It wasn't a tough sell. Um, so I met up with him in Birmingham. I'm in Atlanta. So this last good life event was in Kentucky and National Corvette Museum track. Yep. So... It was not terribly out of my way to go to Alabama, met them there, rode up with them, and then was just there to do whatever. I mean, sometimes I was spraying down and wiping down the windows. Uh, so other times I was spraying down and wiping down the car. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I, I really did a lot. I tried to like kind of take over all their social media because I noticed that like when I'm driving, I can't keep up with that. So I tried to just get a lot of interesting content, tag everybody so that they could share it and, you know, benefit. 
Um, sometimes I would wrench on the car a little bit, but we had a, a crew chief there who, Mitch, who was like, he owns this car, he knows it. So we had rules set up. It was like, nobody touches the car without his permission, and he'll tell you when to touch the car. My makes, man. Yeah, yeah, no, it makes sense because, like, somebody's like, hey, I think it'd be great if we dropped a few PSI over here. And then he's like, oh, would you go drop a few PSI there? And then all of a sudden, like, yeah. you know, we've done double tasks or something. <laughs> so it makes sense. Um, but it was a really good time. I got to help them. We didn't quite get the finish that we were looking for. But that's not all bad, and there's a bunch of reasons for that. Yeah. One of them is the competition keeps getting better. Yeah. I watched all of the live stream uh, for both days, uh, and it was pretty shocking, especially Grid Life Touring Cup, how competitive it has become. <laughs> so GLTC is Grid Life Touring Cup, and that is the wheel-to-wheel series. Yes, you have to f- have a fully caged car, um, and it's really cool because it's single class. So if you watch IMSA races, you know, those LMP prototype cars go flying by the GT cars, which go flying by another class of GT car. Um, <laughs> here, everybody is, in theory, capable of being, you know, about the same pace. And, I, you know, it used to be like, oh, wow, it's hard to get a podium. Now it's like, oh, wow, it's hard to get top 10. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it used. There was a while there where it was just dominated by K Swap Miatas, um, which is kind of the path that you're headed down. And now there are a few other cars and a variety of cars that are kind of poking their nose in as also being competitive. So, like, there's a couple Honda S2000s um, from ASM that are really competitive now. And then uh, there was the Corvette the C5 Z06 that was up there pretty high, like detuned, but still making the jam compared to a lot <laughs> of the other cars that a little bit heavier. 370Z was out there. there. There was just, it was really cool to see the variety and really cool to see how like stinking competitive it has become. <laughs> it, it is wild. And it really does drive home the whole power to weight because some of these cars have tons of power, uh, but they're required to, and uh, not tons of power, they're all every pretty much everything in there is detuned but uh, some of them have a little more power than the others and they have to make up for it for weight with weight and i mean when the green flag drops nobody screams away everybody's pretty close i mean you've got to be a good driver to get ahead in this series it's it's definitely not all car yeah it was andrew rains he was in a e36 m3 is that right yeah yeah he was in an e36 m3 that was not initially built for gltc yeah uh but he raced it at nola last year into the season and did pretty good but was way off the spec so this time he came back with slicks which really gave him an advantage around 245 hoosiers um but he still couldn't seem to get the pace out of the car um to be up there with front runners yeah uh and there probably wasn't as much pace in that car as some of the others in the field Tom Gorman is an incredible driver. He's got a, a, a history of, of pro racing. He went in and jumped in a lot of people's cars and put down brilliant laps. Hmm. So some of the track records are from Tom, just in random cars. <laughs> and uh, believe it or not, this was his first grid life that he actually won a race. Yep. And so good for him. He got to win in his <clears> own <throat> car. It's very exciting. That was an S2000, too. It was an S2000. One of the Andy's Metagard S2000s. Yeah, so yeah. ASM came in strong. Yeah, They're, they really did. <laughs> I, I think they've proven that the S2000 is a good entry as well. Yeah. I think I see almost as many S2000s in the GLTC grid this year as K-Swap Miatas, which is crazy. Yeah, it's a cool thing, though. The variety is welcome, I think. And it so he pulled off a 2, I believe, 15-something in the E36, and... He's like, it's not going to do this all race. He's like, there's not enough brake in it. The car can't handle that the whole way. So um, Andrew drove his heart out and did excellent, but it just wasn't set up to the rules as, as well as it could. He could run a much wider tire and still be within spec. There's a lot of advantages he could do. He could run more brake, and it would be able to, to keep up. Yeah. Um, and this is only like this is only like his second or third GLTC race, right? I think yeah, I think so second ever. He's, yeah, it's like there's definitely a learning curve and figuring out 
what works and what's competitive and do I need to use weight ballast and make more power or vice versa and you know all of all of that stuff. So he, he was also only um, a dozen laps in at NCM when he showed up. Yeah. So he's he's not really driven that track. And he finished top ten every single race, right? In a, in a field of like thirty cars or something <laughs> ridiculous. I mean, not quite, but he he got a couple of top ten uh, finishes, which was really good. Yeah. Okay. So I think his he's overall in the points top ten for the full season, which is exciting. Um, yeah. Unfortunate because he doesn't plan to run the rest of the season, so he's not going to be able to maintain <laughs> yeah. it. Yeah, but yeah. Uh, very very exciting to watch. Uh, I went around and just shook as many hands as I could. Yeah. I, I was there to meet people and make friends and see if this is the series that I want to run and, you know, get some questions answered. Like, am I going the wrong way, getting a K Miata? <laughs> I'm really curious what people had to say to that. Oh, that's, yeah. So <laughs> it's funny. There's a lot of very strong opinions already um, in that camp. So okay. I got to speak at length with Aaron Lichty, of winning formula. He's a cool guy. And uh, he's a hundred thousand percent yes, K Miata. <laughs> which which makes sense. Um he's the one that's kind of figured it out. And he's a super nice guy. Every question I bounced off of him, he expected nothing in return and he answered everything. And he's like, Look, I'll I'll show you everything that I know. I'm like that's man, awesome. that's crazy. I, I left feeling like I really want to give this guy some money. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm trying to figure it out. And I, I talked to him. I said, hey, how much does it cost to build a car? Um, and he's like, man, there's, there's you know so many factors and people put a lot of things in. But he says on average, I don't know if he wants me giving this away, but I, I don't think it's a secret or anything. Yeah, probably not. <laughs> he, said, um, he said people tend to rack up a $20,000 budget. Oh, that's, yeah. that's actually less than I thought it was going to be. Way less than I thought it would be. Every time I, I like had the nightmare of dropping it off and signing a check, um, the number kept going up by like that much magnitude. I, I was up in my head thinking it was going to be 60 grand plus. That, is that like in, that's including suspension and roll cage and like all that stuff? That's a good question. That's I mean, crazy. I didn't go into the details, but it's not bad at all. It kind of sounded like that, right? Huh. So I didn't think that was bad. Um, and then I asked him, I was like, well, would you be opposed to taking on a project if I already had the swap kit? Because we talked about last time, I've got a, I've got a K-Miata kit on order yeah. and I got a good deal on it. So it made sense for me to buy it. Um, he's like, not at all. He made it very clear that there's certain things that he would want to source because his business model expects to make some markup on those. Yep. And, but he said he'd be upfront about it. I'm like, look, if we can play transparent like that, this could work. Cool. So I want to be respectful to him. I don't want to be like, oh, well, Hold off on that part. Bring it back to me. I'll, I'll tighten that bolt down. Then I'll bring it back to you. Like, I'm not going to try to play that game. <laughs> yeah. But I might try to work out something where, like, I get the big chunk of metal out of from under the engine bay and put a different chunk of metal in there and then bring it to him sort of thing. I think that's great. Like, have him do the final check over and all the, like, race-specific stuff that maybe they've learned over time that you don't know. That's what um, I'm thinking. But, like, yeah. If he's fair priced and and interested to take on the work, because I don't want to give him something that he's like, oh, I'm not going to make any money on this. Um, if he's interested to take on the work, I was thinking maybe when it's ready for a wiring harness and all the little details at the end and a tune, just drop it off with him and say, look, here's the motor, a transmission, everything in place. The exhaust is routed, the intake's in place. Like, it looks like it should work, but there's some wires missing. Yeah. Because they they make the harness. He quoted me about two thousand for the harness, which seems totally in line. Yeah. And it's a motorsport grade harness. Um. One one tidbit he did give me. He's like, these motors are super buzzy. Oh, so yeah. Pe- yeah. So people are building these cars, and they're finding like these electrical connections from just the OEM connectors just never last because there's so many vibrations huh. under the hood. Interesting. It's like you could save some money not doing like a motorsport type harness, and then you're gonna be chasing these gremlins all the time. Could you just do like a tamer engine transmission mount combo, like to try to soak some stuff up that way, or is everything poly bushing all the time for this? Great question. Yeah. I don't know. Hmm. Um, I, given the option, unless it was astronomically more expensive, yeah. I'd rather have the stiff car with a proper harness. Yeah. Because maybe you isolate it, maybe you don't isolate it a hundred percent. You're still chasing those problems down. Yeah. And then you've given up some performance advantage. Yeah, that's fair. So he was gung ho, like, and even I'll help you. Um, but yeah. 
what did you get anybody that was just like i hate k miatas they're always at the <laughs> front and or what, did you get any other weird feedback that was against that i didn't see a whole lot of that but here's what was magical about specifically the k miata and specifically grid, grid life right i met somebody and i told i i'm basically i i wear this on my sleeve i told everybody i'm I want to get into this. I want to do GLTC. I'm building a K-Miata. And one guy was like, hey, I machine all the adapter kits. I'm like, whoa, <laughs> that's so cool. Great to meet you. Yeah. And then um, these guys were walking down with like Falcon shirts. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, you guys work for Falcon? They're like, yeah. I was like, oh, I, f- I filled out the form but didn't hear anything back. Like, how's it work with the tires? And they're like, oh, are you a K- uh, Gold Pass member? Which is where you buy at the beginning of the year mm-hmm. multiple events. I was like... No, no. It's like, how many events are you signed up for? Like, oh, is there like a quota? You got to do a certain amount? He's like, yeah, you need to do four. Like, oh, okay. I'm probably not going to sign up for four this year. I might. Yeah. But I don't know for sure. But I would have gotten my answer right there. Yeah. And then uh, I was talking to somebody else. I was like, yeah, yeah, I'm going to run the HDR 400. I've got the seat. My friend sold me these uh, Jerf speed mounts. I think they'll work (laughs) well. And he said, oh, right over there. That's Jerf. (laughs) <laughs> really? What? <laughs> so, that guy was super cool via email. I didn't even, yeah, I wouldn't have even thought that he'd be there. <laughs> he was there. And then I, so uh, years back, I think I talk about about this. I went to PRI mm-hmm. and I met this guy from Haltech, Chris Law, and he walked out of a truck and said, hey, what's up? He was there. So, and he's like, yeah, uh, yeah, you're, you're doing a Haltech build. Let me know if you have any questions. I'll help you out. And he went in there and like, reset up somebody's car that failed that day and like got him back out and going again that's awesome so the the someone who works at the ecu manufacturer the guy that has set up all these cars with k-swaps people who are actual technicians for for k-power industries falcon has reps like basically everything on my car that is not oem mazda <laughs> someone represented it there oh i met the guy who who came up with miata hubs Really? Yes. Even so that guy? everything, everything was there. That is super cool. So not only am I going to build what I think is kind of the perfect DE solution and fits perfectly in this series, I'm going to get full support yeah. in, in, in a way that you otherwise would never have at these races. Yeah. It seems like they're kind of innovating in some ways that other race series aren't. And that really attracts all of these super important people in the industry it's almost like a hub for the industry as a whole and and i'm not trying to knock them down to say they're not like big shots or whatever but the the fact of the matter is i think a lot of this stuff was born out of like these series so people discovered hey if we k-swapped a miata it would probably compete well here or it'd be you know fun to drive at these events and those guys are probably the ones that are developing these things now many years later their their businesses and everything so it's just you're in the right place yeah. You know, these guys at least know their customer base is there, and so they're there. Whereas if you, like, you know, you buy a Ferrari Challenge car, like, the Ferrari team comes out and supports you at the race, it's not like that. It just so happens to be you're there where the highest concentration of people that drive <laughs> K-Miatas are. So everyone who, who is their business is K-Miatas is there. Yeah. So, yes, there are other solutions to this game, but I love that I've... I, I don't try to be different. I'm happy to be the one that's best supported. <laughs> that is super cool. Uh, well, you have some updates actually on the kind of sponsorship front of things, don't you? Dude, this is so cool. I, I'm. We, we talked last time. We're like, you know, sponsorship is not free parts. And here's all these different ways that you can, uh, you can like prove yourself. And what I was starting, personally, what I was starting to not believe was that our you know, uh, social media until you get to like 10,000 followers on Instagram or hundreds of thousands of YouTube subscribers, like what have you really built? You know, Mm. do you really have something that, that someone else would desire and then want to work with you as a result of? I always kind of thought like, no, I'm still (laughs) terribly small. I got to work that up. Well, let me talk about a little thing that happened (laughs) at Grid Life. So I, I had my one series there. I wasn't competing, but it was it was my vehicle to get up there. And uh, these three guys from this company, Valkyrie Engineering, were up there. And I, I knew that they were from this company because they were all wearing the shirts. And they were looking at the car. And 
I'm just this way normally. If I, I see somebody interested in my car, I go up and be like, hey, let's talk about it. <laughs> so I walked up and I was like, hey, um, you know, looking at the one and they're like, yeah. And so we started talking and they're like, yeah, here's, here's our, our battery kit. And he's like, hold it. And I, I grabbed it. I'm like, oh my God, this thing's crazy light. Yeah. And it's like some crazy lithium something battery. And it's got this nice aluminum uh, mounting bracket and everything. And uh, he was talking about it. He was interested in the One Series. And I was like, have you seen the battery on one of these things? <laughs> <laughs> and if you're not familiar with like the E8X, E9X generation of BMW, Corey knows yeah. the batteries in these things are massive. They're huge. <laughs> and uh, so I... I I was like, here, take a look. And I, I pulled a bunch of stuff out of the trunk and pulled it up and they saw it and they're like, wow. I was like, it would save tons of weight. Problem is, when I walk away from this car and like I walk by it 10 minutes later, I hear some little motor spin up. Like there is always something happening that's draining this battery. Yeah. Apparently, I got an email one time from BMW. They're like, did you know? Every two weeks that your car sits, it runs the windshield wipers once to keep them from sticking. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and so it's these kinds of things that have convinced me that a lightweight motorsports battery would be a terrible idea in this car <laughs> in like a daily driven sense, right? Yeah. If I had it in the garage, I could put it on a battery tender, different game. <clears throat> it's not yeah. how I operate with this car. But I told them, oh no, I'm, I'm doing, uh, I'm building a Miata K-Swap for GLTC. Um, I love doing road trips and stuff. I've got the new Bronco coming. I'm going to do this big road trip to Alaska. Just, you know, car talk. Just the cool stuff I like to talk about. And we, we just went back and forth. And the one guy was like, were you in a VinWiki? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And so he recognized me from one of my VinWiki videos. That's funny. <laughs> and uh, I, I was like, well, you don't know if you don't ask, right? I was like, you guys are at a show, obviously wrapping your brand. You guys have like a show special? Like maybe I'll buy one for the Miata because I could certainly save some weight there. Yeah. Um, I like. I tell you what. What size shirt do you wear? I'm like, oh, okay, I can give you a shirt. That's nice of them. It's like medium. <laughs> like, okay, cool. I was like, I, I gotta wander off. Um, but when you come back by, if I'm not here, like my car's unlocked. Just drop it off in the car. He's like, cool. I was like, oh, great to meet you guys. Cool thing. I'll I'll look up your product. I think I followed him on Instagram at that point. Yeah, I did. Um. And then I wandered off. And then later I came back, and sure enough, they dropped off a shirt, real nice little shirt, very cool. Um, and then I uh, I ran into them again in the parking lot. They said, hey, Kevin. I'm like, oh, hey, how's it going? <laughs> they were like, let's work something out. <laughs> like, whoa, that doesn't sound like another free T-shirt. <laughs> what, is, what does that mean? Yeah. <laughs> and uh, he's like, message me. You've got my info now, like through Instagram. He's like, Shoot me a message when you get back. I'm like, okay, cool. Um, I was like, I don't know. Something just happened. And so I, I came uh, home, and like the next day, um, that that evening when I got done with work, I just shot him a message on there. Like, hey, great to meet you guys. Um, you said to reach out, so uh, look forward to hearing back. And he's like, hey, it's easier to do this over the phone. Shoot me your number. I had sent him my number. <laughs> Instant call. I'm getting serious. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like, hey, this is Raphael. From Valkyrie uh, Engineering. I'm like, oh, hey, what's up, man? It's good to hear from you. He's like, here's what I want to do. And he's basically like, think of us first as your machine shop. And let, let's work something out. So the, the I, I won't get into the exact details, but he has sent me a battery kit for my Miata. No cost. Awesome. What he wants in exchange is he said, I love your content. I went back and watched your VinWiki video. I thought it was really good. <laughs> That's like, what he did between uh, giving you the shirt and deciding that he wanted to like sponsor you. <laughs> Maybe. I know he like went through my Instagram yeah. <laughs> in that time, and I think he was sold on it because he heard from his coworker about my VinWiki video. Yep. And then I think that night he went back and watched the VinWiki video. I'm like, okay, so he did his research, and he liked what he saw. That's funny. Um, and I think what, what I can take from this is that I left a trail of here's my ability to appropriately represent brands and represent myself in a certain light and if that aligns then then that's where my value could come from and what he asked for in return is content so he he's left it open it's not very you know very specific about exactly how but what i'm going to do is i'm going to try to i'm going to try to like show him my best 
and do a really nice like install process and take good photos of the product and everything. Cool. Uh, but he like eagerly got my info and was like, it's going to be in the mail tomorrow. I'm like, wow, <laughs> this just happened. And guess yeah. what? I've got it. I got it with me right now. And it's here. Can I pick it up? Yeah. <laughs> it's in a box. Wow. That is quite light. <laughs> oh, dude, the actual box where the battery is is even lighter. Yeah? Pull it out. All right. <clears throat> here, I'll grab this stuff. Is that a handwritten note from Raphael as well? Yes. <laughs> so there's a piece of legal paper here, and he's expressed his, like, interest in a long-lasting business relationship. Dude, this is so cool. Right? Sorry there's no video, and uh, and you all you hear is just us shuffling with the cardboard box, but <laughs> that, that is impressively somewhere. light. So we've got some instructions here. And oh, it, wow. looks, it looks cool, too. Interesting. So it looks like there's two boxes. One is the mount, one is the battery, I suppose. L lithium, iron... All right. Well, my my, my high school level uh, chemistry has has left me astray. It's L I F E P O four, huh? Which is like a lithium iron. Uh, what is P? Uh, phosphorus. I don't know. If we had actually know. read the instructions and stuff, we, we would have done that. We would right? uh, we would know what we were talking about. But guys, there is no prep that goes into these uh, that goes into these. Podcast, maybe a little bit. We talk about what we want to talk about, and that's about the end of it. Yeah, what we can say is it is this is like so shockingly light that I have I'm not sure if I've ever held a battery in my hands this light. Like, the only thing I can think of is maybe like a power sports battery, like a four wheeler yeah, battery or something. Yeah. Like, and that's even probably heavier than this is. I it's, think so. It's kind of ridiculous. So, nice work, guys, over at Valkyrie. Yes, and that's a very cool hookup and story. Yeah. Yeah, thank you guys for listening to this. Um, I really appreciate it. I'm 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 so glad you you guys are giving me a, a shot at this. I think I think there's value that I can provide, and I'm gonna skin my knees a little bit in the process. But I think at the end of it, I think we'll both be really excited with what we can come up with. I I know that there's opportunity here, and I think there's gonna be exciting opportunities in like future projects too. Yeah. So that's very cool. Um, um, yeah. Go ahead. I was just gonna say what other sponsorship uh shenanigans have you been up to well You've been busy you know so going back to how we talked about um you know what what is it what does it take how how do you create this like social media that's desirable right how do you how do you do that kind of thing and i had this idea i was like man if and i think we talked about this last time but this club tr thing looks like the right first step for me mm. why don't i just make a video about it Throw it on YouTube, give it the right name, and try to capture everybody that's like, hey, uh, Club TR is coming out. Let me look, let me research it, and then all of a sudden stumble on my video. Yeah. Uh, that worked. <laughs> <laughs> so I made that video. I posted it up on YouTube. If you search for, I don't know, depends when you listen to this, but if you search for Club TR uh, at the time, it was pretty much the, the first or only result. Yeah. Um, I think uh, I think my buddy Jackie Ding has some uh, <laughs> has some other stuff on there that's far more entertaining. <laughs> but I posted a video about it. I posted it at the right time, I think. And while I was wandering around Grid Life, a few people stopped and were like, "Did you make a video about Club TR?" And they <laughs> recognized me. Like it worked, yeah. including Adam Jabay. You're like, like borderline celebrity now. <laughs> but I space. but I made it. <laughs> yeah. I didn't no, I didn't make it as in like I made it. I I made a video and then it happened. So and it was funny because I, I was telling uh I was telling somebody and, and he like bumped his, his buddy's shoulder and said, See, I told you, you just need to like make a video talking about your intentions. You just need to announce your intentions. And I'm like, Oh wow, that's what I did. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and so I was out there, I wasn't a driver. But people knew who I was because I made the video. Yeah. And I was like, okay, now I got to one-up this. <laughs> and so I ran around with just my phone, and I took tons of video of all kinds of Club TR stuff. Um, and I actually reached out to a few people. I was like, hey, would anybody – they were doing like a little photo shoot afterwards where they put all the Club TR cars together. Oh, cool. I was like, hey, guys, uh, would anybody want to send me in-car videos so I can put it in a video? Oh, heck yeah. Right? And I got two people that were like, yeah, for sure. 
And so Dude. I got their info, and I just texted them the other day. I'm like, upload this for me, and I'll include part of it. So I've got two people sending me in-car video for Club TR. I took a bunch of random B-roll and everything, and I think I can stitch something together and then make another cool, like, here's what happened at NCM with Club TR, um, update with mine, like, where I'm at, and I think I can continue to grab some of that traffic. And then the people that ran into me will see my face again and be like, oh, it's that guy. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't see how it would hurt. I, I'm kind of pushing myself into the grid life ecosystem so that I become synonymous with grid life. Hopefully, like, this leaves fodder for announcers to, like, oh, yeah, we saw this kid. He showed up after making some videos. He's been building this car. And all of this will pay back down the road when I'm finally entering these events. And now there's a little more attention on me. And guess what? A little more attention on me means a little more value for my sponsors. So when I can pull off sponsors, I can bring them more value. And then I think it's just momentum builds. I think it just rolls. Yeah. And that same channel, you'll you'll probably post the Valkyrie battery install in your Miata, right? It's Absolutely. Like, it's just, it's a platform that people will be attracted to and you've, or you've already gotten recognized out in public at events. It's it's super cool. I, yeah. I think what, what you're building is awesome. And look, you just got to start doing it. That, that's the hardest part. But once you start doing it, it happens because guess what? This podcast is doing that. <laughs> yeah. So there was a, we, we film out of this uh, vehicle storage place and there was an event here recently uh, where they had like our neighbors, there was, there's another business next door, put on like a little uh, wine tasting. Yeah. They're like, come on out. It's open to all members here. It's like, cool. I'll do that. Um, I won't turn down free alcohol. And uh, <laughs> there was a booth there for the, this company, Naughty Prenzels, and it's a K-N-O-T-T-Y. Yep. And funny enough, I had just – this was after Caffeine and Octane. After Coffee, Caffeine and Octane is an event called Gears and Beers at Atlanta Brewing Company. And I think there was a booth there that I spotted that had those because I had recognized seeing them there. Yeah. And then I came to the wine tasting, and there was a booth there. And I met the owner and we just started talking and he's like, oh yeah, I, you know, I love cars and I love podcasts. And I told him about my podcast and he's like, you know what? I'm going to sponsor your podcast. It's <laughs> like all the naughty pencils you guys want. I was like, that's amazing. Yeah. These are like super premium. Like you only eat them at breweries while you're also munching on really, exp- you know, or eat, drinking really expensive alcohol of some kind it does say the official pretzel of beer yeah on the bag it's like the one when you go to a brewery and you've had a couple drinks and you're like i'm kind of hungry but i know they can't serve food or something and there isn't a food truck there's all those pretzels are always there and i've bought them on a few occasions like msrp and they're delicious they've got like six or seven flavors and they're all really good yeah like my favorites are they've got this mesquite barbecue which might be my favorite yeah, I think my jam is the Italian. We were eating that earlier today. Was... I think the Italian is like, it's the one I think I would never get tired of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then the honey mustard's really good too. But I, I feel like if, if you feel like you can't roll out of your, out of your couch after eating too many, <laughs> honey mustard and barbecue and the hot wings would probably like, you'd be upset. But I'm the exci- Italians, you might be okay. I'm excited to try the hot wing one. I'm usually uh, all about that. So. Oh, you'll like it then. It tastes exactly like a hot wing. So if you've not picked up on this, they are all flavored. There's even one that's like cinnamon roll, and it's like sugary. Oh. Yeah. Cool. So I've tried them all at this point, and they're all good. I've got my favorites, but they're all, I mean, I wouldn't turn down any of them. And people in Kentucky at the event, you were passing out a few just here and there. People actually recognized the brand, and I was like, we didn't realize it was so big. Right? Um, Besides seeing it at breweries and stuff, yeah. And I, um, yeah, so I asked him, I was like, well, because I saw he's got these booths set up and he's like handing out samples. It's like, you know what? I'm going out of state to a bunch of car enthusiasts and we're going to have a booth there and people are going to be stopping by because Apex Pro's set up there. Oh, cool. I was like, do you want me to like hand out some samples and some like pamphlets and stuff? And he's like, absolutely. He's like, hold on. He turns around and he grabs three bags of each flavor <laughs> and puts all this stuff in a, in a box for me and he's like, here you go. I'm like, wow, okay, this is happening. I brought a sponsor to the table. <laughs> so um, we, we all are very thank you, are thankful. Um, it kept the crew happy. 
Uh, we shared it with the neighbors, and everybody seemed to enjoy it. There wasn't as much foot traffic at this one as I would have hoped. Yeah. Um, so there wasn't a lot of pamphlet handing out, but I think we left a positive impression. I made sure to tag them in a bunch of social media posts. Oh, cool. So I, I wanted to make sure we brought some value there, yeah. and, uh, and we've got our shout-out here. Um, awesome. So that is the second food beverage related sponsorship for the podcast and i'm not i'm not complaining yeah me neither i mean we were literally eating them right before this podcast just because we were hungry and like hadn't had dinner yet well where i'm going next is to uh grand champion barbecues event for a little car show they've got going on uh, yeah. so i might have to talk to uh robert over there and and see if he wants to be another sponsor. I wish I didn't have other plans, because that sounds like it would be a lot of fun. <laughs> <laughs> we were going to film from there, but just logistically it didn't make sense. Yeah. But uh, I guess I want to touch on one other way, because I've been talking to people. I'm just trying to get a better understanding of this whole sponsorship yeah, world. for sure. And um, I posted something in one of the groups that was like, I don't get how people with these small social media followings, you know, I don't get how someone justifies investing in that and and just plain value i mean that's no offense like i'm one of those people but yeah. i'm like how does somebody say that's worth it i'm like you know you'd think like oh i could just buy a google ad banner and it'd be better roi so like why would someone do that and i had a friend reach out and what they told me was you know what i do for a living a lot of these companies need so i can just be a consultant on the side for them hmm. and in exchange be like yeah, you don't need to pay me outright, but I do have an event entry I need covered. Mm. I was like, oh, it's such an interesting approach. You do kind of favor for favor, and all of a sudden, the next thing you know, you've bucketed this extra curricular work to paying for your racing habit. Like, I love that. Yeah, that's a cool idea. I haven't heard of that actually before. Me either. And so it's, it's so enlightening because these kinds of things, and that's why I'm so excited about this podcast, because I feel like this information doesn't get shared. And I don't see any reason why it shouldn't be. Like, use the the skills and the tools at your at your disposal to go. You know, get the most out of your hobby. And and so I'm I'm just trying to share my experiences and what I'm learning uh, for anybody that might aspire to do some of the same kind of stuff. Yeah, it's good stuff. I think so. So. That's a lot of chat for me, and I talk all day. <laughs> That's but okay. You had a big weekend. <laughs> I did. I did. And it's and it's fun stuff to talk about. It's exciting knowing that we're getting into this series that is so cool and rewarding in yeah. a lot of ways. You know, I, I think you said something, or maybe it was Jay that said something recently, uh, to the effect of like, yeah, I didn't really think the racing thing was happening. I didn't see much progress. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if I said it that aggressively, but I was just like, yeah, you know, we, we set an aggressive timeline and I was, you know, we, we, we're trying to get all of it done in, in this, uh, in this short time period. And I wasn't sure if it was all going to happen, but now things are really coming together. Yeah. I'm not offended by it at all. I mean, it's a good reality check, but I'm surprised lately that things are moving as quickly as they are, which makes me think, you know what? Racing the full season next year might happen. Yeah. I'd like to do that. I'm unwilling to commit to it because I'm afraid I might have to compromise things like my financial stability <laughs> to do it. But things are moving very quickly. I'm thinking that's becoming more realistic than I thought it would have been even a few weeks ago. Yeah, I agree with that. Just the the fact that you have an engine and the kit is ordered and like all, all this, like the Miata will be running and driving with the K-Swap pretty soon here. It's oh, so exciting. Um, and then it's just a matter of getting everything together to go racing, so... Well, speaking of Miatas, I saw you pull up today in your V6 Miata. Yes, I did. <laughs> what up? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, uh, update on that is I got it back from the uh, the shop that did the swap. They spent like two months. It was a really long time. Uh, just going through and fixing all of the little teething issues that it had. Um, so they spent a lot of time and effort going through and kind of fixing some of the things that I had run into in my first couple hundred miles of ownership, which were not great. <laughs> and, uh, and, uh, it was running really well. Uh, funny story. I drove it back. They're like two hours away from my house. I went and picked it up and drove it back. And, uh, halfway back, I decided to stop at this hand car wash place that I go to a lot because I live in an apartment and I can't wash my own cars and I'm very sad about it. Same. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and as I'm sitting in line at this uh, hand car wash, all of a sudden I 
hear a funny sound from the engine bay and then a and like oh, a no. whole yeah just white cloud of uh, steam out from <laughs> no. under the out from under the hood and i'm like great i have blown a coolant hose sitting in line at this car wash 45 minutes away from my home <laughs> and so i immediately shut it off and then the guy that was behind me in the line graciously hopped out and helped me like push it off to the side <laughs> into a parking spot and i popped the hood and there's just highlighter green something all over the engine bay and i'm immediately like it blew a coolant hose off and i just dumped all of my coolant in this parking lot dang um so i took some pictures and uh really like looked through it carefully um and it turns out it was not a coolant line it was actually the the main drive belt uh just this is another woe of engine swapping hmm. uh the main drive belt had nicked one of the ac lines kind of like on the lower oh. side of the uh, near the bottom of the radiator Interesting. and it had sprayed freon all over the engine bay so it was like very highlighter green yellow color much more so than coolant even um, so I was able to drive it. Thankfully I drove it to, uh, Miata shop that is actually way closer than my home and was just like, Hey, can you guys kind of troubleshoot this and see what's going on? At this point you knew it was an AC system thing. At not? this point okay. I knew it was an AC line. Yeah. So I was, I was able to drive it. I, I checked the coolant. It was fine. I couldn't find a coolant hose off anywhere. Um, so yeah, drove it there. They, uh, they actually refurbished and added three, inches in length to that ac line and oh. then reinstalled it so it's forever not going to hit the drive belt ever again nice and i've actually put like probably three or four hundred miles on the car just driving it around and now it's like perfect of course <laughs> of course um it's always perfect before you sell it yeah and then on sunday uh last sunday i think it was uh i get a call from a guy well actually let me back up a little bit i had I made like an unofficial post online in this J-Series Miata Facebook group. And uh, I got some attention. Lots of people were liking it, even at my price, which was, uh, which was pretty high for a Miata, but maybe not for a J-Swap Miata. I listed it for 16 in case anybody was curious about that. I have like, I'm losing like $6,000 on that uh, swap to resale, uh, which is not great, but it's not as bad as it could be from what I've seen with other cars. For sure. Um, and yeah, so I, uh, I listed it there and I got some attention, like three or four people that were actually like very serious about buying it. Um, one of them, uh, dropped off. He said, you know, I just had to buy a house and the things didn't work out. Um, another guy that was in Atlanta, another guy that was in Boston and then another guy that dropped off. And, uh, the guy in Boston, he like his dad was on some type of, uh, post retirement, trip around the country in the <laughs> RV and he was passing through Atlanta and he was like, all right, can you meet my dad at this brewery in Southwest Atlanta, uh, in his RV and bring the car so he can look at it. And I was like, yeah, sure, man. If you're like really serious about it, absolutely. So I met this guy's dad in a brewery parking lot in front of his RV and we drove the car. He took a ton of pictures, um, looked over everything and was relaying all the info back to his son who's in Boston. And then uh, two days later, I get a call from the guy uh, from Boston. He's like, hey, I want it, and I want to put a deposit on it. Uh, now all we have to do is figure out like how I'm going to get down there and pick <laughs> it up. So, uh, yeah, he sent me a very healthy deposit to the point where I know that there's no way he's backing out of this. And he's actually coming next Monday to pick it up. So I've got it in my possession for a couple more days. Um Today I just picked it up. I just replaced a couple of suspension components that were a little worn out, uh, and I had it realigned after that. And then I had a wind uh, a chip in the windshield replaced. The guy's gonna fly down here, pick it up, and then drive it from Atlanta, Georgia, back to Boston, Massachusetts. Oh, that's awesome! So yeah, he. I'm trying to make sure like there's. Ab I've touched absolutely everything that I possibly could that could potentially go wrong uh like one of the windows was getting a little weak and i was just like whatever i'm just gonna i'd replace the regulator because i didn't want it to like go out on him so uh, if you guys haven't figured this out Corey is the guy you want to buy a car from <laughs> <laughs> i'm kind of a massive uh perfectionist and uh yeah to my own uh detriment sometimes but in this case for this guy it's it's working out really well so yeah he's coming to get the car in a few days and then i'll have that cash injection that I can uh, shift over to, to other projects. And right now I'm thinking the E46 
uh, just getting that track ready as soon as possible. Um, one side note, though, at the alignment shop, it is owned by a good friend of mine, and he owns a uh, 850 horsepower uh, EG Civic. And, is this fast lane? Uh, yeah, it is. You know those guys? I've seen that car. Okay, yeah, yeah. It's like a nine-second car in the quarter mile. Jeez. And uh, I was talking to him, and he was like, yeah, you know, I'm thinking about selling it. And I was like, what's your number? You know, not thinking that it was going to be uh, anything that was even remotely affordable. And the number that he said to me is less than the number that I will have in my pocket after selling <laughs> after selling it's the It's already Miata. burning a hole. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and uh, for a moment, I was just like, do I need an 850 horsepower drag Civic? No. But, and do I like front wheel drive? Not particularly. But the like horsepower per dollar per amount of work that it would take to convert it to go road racing he's done like everything like it's basically a road race car that also goes fast in a straight line like it's got big brake kit front and rear like it's wow it's done okay and so is it caged uh yeah it has a cage my bmw has none of these things yeah uh, and like one fourth of the horsepower if that on the best day possible right uh but i, I was talking to him about it for a little while and he was like yeah you know really uh you could detune it like 300 horsepower and it would still be stupid fast. And I mean, like literally you could take 300 horsepower out of it and it would still be a 500 horsepower car, (laughs) which is insane. And and, like, it's reliable at that level at 800. Like I can only imagine it would be reliable at 552. So anyways, um, yeah, I've just, it's all very fresh and I'm thinking about it. Um, and I don't know what I'm going to do, but Man, opportunities you've been, arise. And... You've been Specky 46 guy for so long. I still am like really on that train. Uh, the The thing is, the car that I could I could buy the Civic and drive it for a season or two, and then turn around and sell it for like more than I I I had paid for it, and that is something that is not true of the BMW. So uh, even just as like a fun, well, let's just see how it is kind of car. Uh, kind of purchase i haven't had i haven't bought a finished car in a while i always buy some ratted out thing and then do my whole perfectionist build up of it and then only to find out that it's not quite as reliable as i wanted it to be or it's not quite as fast as i want it to be or something like that and then i end up selling it and buying something else that's faster and then going through the whole process over again um well here's what i think the merit is in that approach the fact of the matter is like these racing series some of them are so competitive, like we were talking about with grid life. Some of them are so competitive that you need every advantage you can get. Mm-hmm. And what people may not realize is a lot of these racing series are made up of people that have a car kind of similar, and they just enter it. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, maybe they can keep up. But if it's a really competitive field, there's no way. The only people that can win a very competitive race have the right car for that series. Yeah. Right? So... If you just buy somebody else's car, if it wasn't built for the series you plan on racing in, it may not be good for that. Yeah. If you just want to do DE, of course that's fine. But if you want to be competitive in a certain race series, if you're not building your car for that series, it's unlikely that you'll you'll retain a, an advantage. Yeah. It would probably be good for Time Attack. It probably wouldn't be it wouldn't slot very nicely into any race series in particular. But for HPDE and Time Attack, it would be like way too fast and awesome (laughs) so uh yeah just stuff to think about mulling it over this is partially why i wasn't really interested in in grid life until i heard about gltc because if you read the rule book about the uh about like their time attack stuff i was reading through it and it's like um maximum tire size maximum displacement can or can't have a turbo this much arrow. And that like that's what I recall the entire rule book being. And yeah. I'm like, there's no way I could afford a Miata that could ever have fun <laughs> in the, these classes, right? And what's really funny about that is that's exactly who was thinking about that's exactly what they were thinking about when they said Club TR is gonna be a thing. Yeah. I'm like, man, these are my people. Yeah. There's this awesome picture. So the coolest vehicle. 
maybe the most perfect vehicle for grid life <laughs> period is a uh is a what do you call it like a not not a cherry picker but like a little oh scissor, scissor lift, lift. Yeah, yeah yeah somebody got a scissor about. lift for this event and they pulled it up in the paddock as close to like the track as they could and they went up like three stories four stories <laughs> and they had the best view yeah i was like that's the that's the most perfect vehicle for good life <laughs> anyways there's an awesome photo of all the cars um that were competing in gltc or most of the cars um just parked on on grid or not on grid but on the front straight just for a photo op and they got this awesome picture that shows off the full gltc um lineup and it's all the cars that we talk about it was e36 m3 s2000 k miata Mm -hmm. k-swap civic 370z corvette um couple of older civics what else was in the field you watch the live stream. You remember anything? Yeah, else? I'm trying to remember. You summed it up pretty well. There's oh, a NC lot Miatas. of all There's of There's a lot of NC Miatas now. Yeah, yeah. NC Miatas are coming up. The Ecotech swap. Yeah, the 25MZR, I think it is. I think that's becoming more and more popular. Although I, I've heard anecdotally that some of these people have been through a lot of them. Yes, I have heard that too. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's probably where K Miata was like a couple years ago when they were like figuring things out. Yeah, for and, sure. Uh, you know, maybe in two oh. or three years. There was a LS swapped FRS in there too. Oh, cool! Yeah, yeah. We're gonna start seeing a lot more of those. I think it's such a good chassis, and uh, the yeah, so many of them have blown engines, uh, you know, in a salvage yard somewhere. It's like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're gonna start seeing more of those. So there's a lot of people that are like, you know, they're like, oh, I found a hole in the rule book. It's totally unfair because of X or whatever, and then you know no one's showing up with that car and blowing everyone away. So people are like, come on, calm down. Yeah. Uh, but supposedly like people are like, Oh, well there's no torque restriction. It's just a horsepower restriction. So you can have this like super high torquey car, but as long as you made the horsepower stay under the value, then like you might have a huge advantage. And I will say watching some of the in car and everything, there was a Corvette out there, a C5 mm-hmm. Corvette that just blew away from the pack. And when it was working right, nobody could keep up. Yeah, which was interesting, and then there was a 370Z there that, um, by his own admission, might have made some mistakes. But when he was on it, he was screaming through the field. Yeah, so it's interesting. Well, the one thing that I noticed about the Corvette too, uh, yes, it was super fast in a straight line, and also they switched from peak horsepower to average horsepower. I mm. think uh, in the rule set, so that makes it where you can't just make like all the power all the time uh, you know especially with yeah. a v8 it's very easy to do that but yeah like you said torque is still as far as i know unrestricted um but i noticed the corvette i think he had to make sack i think he was on a street tire versus uh the s2000 that was chasing him was on a slick and towards the end like he would dust everyone for like the first two three four or five laps and then everyone else would start catching up at the end because the tires were starting to fall off. And I think oh. there's probably something going on with he has to run those tires in order to run that amount of power. And like in the at the end of the race, um, I'm thinking of race three. Uh, Andy Smedegard in the S2000 was like right on his bumper for the yeah. for the final no, uh, right. couple corners. And like if he had just been in the right place at the right time, he totally would have passed him. Like if they had done one more lap, he would have passed him. Wow. So. Um, by that the way, cool. that, that car that Smedgard was in um, is quite cool. I don't know if you know this, but it's DCT swapped. Is that the DCT swap? Yeah, I, I think, think so. I think it's, that's the green car. The, there's, nope, you're right. There's another guy. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you're right. I'm pretty sure his is still... Who's driving that? I don't remember his name. Is it Ad, It's Adam? Uh, maybe? I don't know. I'm not sure. It's a guy that's local to us because he goes to... He did his first test day with the... Uh, DCT at Barber Motorsports Park. I saw that, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, see, okay, so that should give you an idea of how many S2000s there were. I'm getting them <laughs> all mixed up. Yeah, oh, there was like, I mean, I saw... There were like 20? Probably. There yeah. were nine <laughs> entrants for Club TR, five were S2000s. Yeah, that is very cool. Yeah. It's making me miss my S2000. Same. A, a teeny little bit. Honestly, like I'm really missing mine. The problem is the market's stupid right now. Yeah, they're worth a lot more money I can't now. get into one. And and so we're seeing these really successful. There were a lot of, there were multiple wins this weekend. There's only four races. There were multiple wins that were S2000s this, over the, yeah. at this event. Um, 
the beauty of it is you can run the F motor. You can run the original motor mm -hmm. and be competitive in GLTC. So you can just cage the car, uh, put your basic safety in, suspension, wing, race. Yeah. Which, if you added that up against building a K Miata, it's cheaper. Yeah. But if you blow a motor, it's four grand to replace. It's more than that. I had to do it. Four twice. grand for the motor, just for the parts. Yeah. <laughs> and for some of the parts, the big, big heavy parts. Yeah. I don't know if I want to tell that whole story today or if it's worth it. But I, when I sold my S two thousand, like, what was that? A year ago, it was on its third motor during my ownership. And I am very nice to cars. Oh, um, so scary. Yeah. And in my experience, it was about eight grand. Oh. Labor, parts, everything to swap the motor. You know what you can do for eight grand? Uh, buy a badass Miata. <laughs> or, or do what Tom McGorman did because he was faced with the same problem. Oh, K-Swap. He K-Swapped it. So back then... And this is, I say back then, it was literally only like a year and a half ago. The K-Swap was not really established yeah. for S2000s. Um, if, I were, if, the same, if I were to be in the same situation now, I would K-Swap it hands down. No mm -hmm. questions asked. All of, the, all of the parts are there. People have done a few of them. They know what they're doing. Uh, yeah, I would do it now. But back then, it was kind of like, do I want to be the third person that's done this <laughs> on the East Coast? Or, that's fair. Yeah, and I, I got scared away and I mean, did the F-Motor. Uh, so Tomo fought a few uh, sound violation issues. Uh, NCM yeah. has sound restrictions. It was, was it 56 decibels at 50 feet? It's like the lowest sound limit I've ever heard of ever. Yeah, it's like at the hill, at the end of the property, it's like 56 decibels or something. Oh, it's that's silly. crazy. Yeah, and it's like, but I think it's like the 56 decibels is an average over the hour or something like that. It's not just like a single peak. Oh, interesting. It's, it's weird. I don't, it's like if you hung your head out the window and were just like, ah, as you're going by, it would like set it off. <laughs> no, like our conversation is way above 56 decibels. Yeah, it's ridiculous. It is. But uh, I don't know if it was when he was failing sound or when he wasn't, but that car sounded good. Yeah. It sounded right. It like, It's not like, oh, wow, somebody cheaped out and put a K in their S2000. No, it was... No. It was quite desirable. It's almost like what it should have had in there from the from the factory. I mean, I I'm I totally get the original intent there, and I, I'm happy that it happened. But if you want to go race one, a K swap is compelling. The problem is, I bought my car for two grand. Yeah. And you know, I have to do the same stuff to K swap it. Yep. So yes, I'll have a few other expenses, but at the end of the day, I'm going to come out much cheaper. And if I bin it, I can find another rolling chassis much cheaper. And the other thing is the Miata is literally 600 pounds less than the S2000. Most people think Miata, S2000, they're both, you know, small roadsters. They weigh the same thing. They do not. They really don't. <laughs> yeah. They really don't. The oh, S2000 is And the other thing heavier. nobody talks about is how expensive the hardtops are for the S2000s. Oh, yeah. Dude, Miatas are coming up there. Yeah, people are complaining about that. Somebody offered me like two grand for my hardtop on my, my Miata the other day. And it's like wow. they, they used to be, you know, 900 to 1200 all day. Supposedly, you can buy a new one from Mazda for like 2900 Yeah, I believe that. Which I, just, is... I just bought a new bumper from them, a reproduction factory OEM Mazda bumper. No way. Yeah. How like, much? Uh, it was, I think it was like 400 bucks. Okay. But they're like mass producing them. And they're like, the so construction cool. date was like a year ago or something. Wow. Yeah. They're, I think they're really bringing it back. That's so exciting. It's cool. I don't, my, my front bumper is actually pretty okay. And I was thinking because it was so rare, like I was going to try to find one, find one that was tore up before I hack into it to put an apron on it. Yeah. But maybe I won't even bother if they're reproducing them again. Yeah. Hmm. Well, I don't know. We've been talking for a while, haven't we? I feel like it's been a good one. <laughs> uh, oh, should we tease the next one? Uh, someone recommended that we do this and we we're like, that is a fantastic idea. Why didn't we think of idea. that? But do we even know what we're talking about? Are we going to talk about ca cars oh, yeah. at different price level okay so the next one okay go ahead i'm not sure i want to say it's the next one but we will d f probably okay. record that yeah, one yeah. next because that's I, smart well, what i'm going to try to do for you guys <laughs> is i'm going to try to mix in some um interviews so i'm gonna I, i've got my designer i'm gonna meet with him this weekend okay and so i should be able to to put a little thing together so that might come out first okay but it's flexible but 
here's what we're going to talk about next. And you'll probably also do that one solo with him. So I'll be I'll be yeah. missing for uh, for that one. Um, just because you guys are somewhere together. I forget. You can come to Tennessee with us. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but then the one after that, uh, or just at, in a future episode, we really want to go through at every different price level and give you like a couple ideas of cars that we would buy to be track cars or race cars. So like we want to be like, Hey, you have $5,000 to spend and you want to go to your first track day. What do you buy? And then you have $10,000 and you have $20,000 and you have a hundred thousand dollars. And we just want to like hit all the big points and go through. I think it'll be really fun to talk about it's gonna what, be super fun. what's available right now and, and what we like and what we have high hopes for. Um, so yeah, we will, I, we're thinking we'll devote like most of an episode to that and Absolutely. That, that you guys will enjoy it. I think you guys, uh, I think you'll love that. I think there's even evidence to back that up. I, I know Vinwicky did, did a couple of videos on like, what would you buy for X dollars? Oh, I forgot. You know, I saw those videos and I was like, you're forgetting this one. And, like, <laughs> and all of them, I was like, why is no one talking about this car? Ooh, I hope um, we get that kind of feedback too. Yeah, we probably will. Yeah. Um, but anyways. That's well, coming up. But we're going specific to track cars, and that's going to be a fun episode. I'm yeah. really looking forward to that. Yeah, get excited. Cool. All right, well, that I'm good with that. Yeah. Great episode. Well done. Thanks for listening, and we will see you next time. Bye, guys.